You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. All right. Well, today we have Nicole Callier. Is that how you say your last name? That's correct. All right. Good. A nice, beautiful French name. So Nicole Callier is an entrepreneur, consultant, speaker, author, and business strategist. She is the founder and CEO of Quality Medical Staffing, a privately held national health care firm that offers staffing services. So I know a lot of you have been interested in uh, healthcare staffing and getting this type of business set up. So we have Nicole here. She is um, in this industry. She owns this. She took her organization's revenue increase to 1200% uh, in one quarter. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> and uh, has a proven track record of a 90% fill rate and the lowest turnover rates in the industry. That is amazing. Nicole is one of the top 10% of women business leaders in North America and has been featured in Women in Business, Entrepreneur Magazine, Charisma, and the Impact Network. And she is also a, you're a veteran, right? I'm sorry? You're a, you're a veteran? Are you a veteran? No. Okay. So anyway, it says armed, <laughs> armed with deep knowledge as a former nurse and 14 years of frontline experience. Nicole, thank you so much uh, for being here with us. I'm, I'm really excited to, to talk to you. Thank you, Katie, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so why don't you give us a little bit of background about you in your nursing career and how it kind of led up to where you are now? Because I know everybody's going to be excited to ask you tons of questions. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I got into the nursing industry kind of, um, I think, at a very... Um, vulnerable place. I won't say that I loved nursing or I ever really wanted to be a nurse. I always wanted to be a business owner. However, um, I uh, life happened to me, you know, like many people. And I found myself, um, I was a single mother and I went into nursing. And so it, because it was stable, right? And, you know, I knew I'd always have a job and I did enjoy helping people. Um, after doing that, Katie, for a couple of years, I realized that um, it wasn't a landing place, if you will. It was kind of a place that I was passing through. Um, and I'll just share that my priority was being there for my son. At that time, I was a single parent. And the long uh, nursing hours and just the demand of the profession kind of began to take their toll. And so I had moved away from clinical nursing, thinking that that would solve the problem. OK, so I was going to go into nursing administration and had um, actually had an opportunity to work with a wonderful organization. And my career with them kind of abruptly ended. Um, I found myself still putting in those long hours and still meeting the um, increasing demands of uh, being in the healthcare uh, field. And so I was literally being pulled from my office, right? I finally got to this highly coveted position at Monday through Friday, eight to five. And here it is, I was still being pulled out of my office continually to work the nursing floor, which I was okay with, right? If that was the only thing I was doing. And so for me, two things happened in that moment. I realized that, first of all, um, I need to do one job. <laughs> and secondly, I realized that I had to make a decision and that maybe that solution was not available within um, the traditional way that I had thought about nursing. Um, this is a story that I love to tell. Uh, it's pretty interesting. 
Um, I had actually been recruited by the facility from another facility to come and help generate revenue. So I was in nursing, but I was on the other side of it at that time, helping to make the facility successful, making sure that the nursing department was getting paid for the services that we were providing. And so when the facility came and recruited me, they said, Nicole, you can really work any hours that you want. You know, even if you want to do this on weekends or after hours, whatever accommodates you. And so this one particular day, I really decided, you know, I need to do something else. I need to manage my schedule a little bit different. I want to be with my son and take care of him. Um, at that time, he was very small, very young, maybe two or three. And so I went in to take them up on that offer. And I remember speaking with my uh, higher ups and just letting them know, hey, I still really want to do a good job for your facility. But in order to you know, have some balance, I need to work these specified hours. They agreed. And about an hour later, uh, I was greeted by our executive director who came in and fired me. <laughs> and, and not only fired me, Katie, she fired me and escorted me out the building like a criminal. Oh, well, well. Yeah. And so what happened for me in that moment, you know, I walked through those double doors and I was really, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Okay. Teary eyed. But what happened for me was the first time that I realized that I am not indispensable, even though I was a nurse. And so I realized that someone else controlled my time, someone else controlled my income, and someone else controlled my freedom. So I made a vow to myself, even in the midst of all of that chaos, that I would never um, allow um, myself to be in that position again. So suddenly I went from uh, wanting to start a business to, I have got to do this. And so healthcare staffing made sense because I saw inside the facilities, the deficits. I also saw what was happening when nurses were coming in, some of the breakdowns um, that affected the continuity of care for the res residents and patients. And so I kept saying, you know, we really need a quality solution. We really need a quality solution. You know, there's a bunch of staffing agencies However, I feel like we're getting quantity and not quality. And that is actually how um, the evolution of quality medical staffing began. So uh, how long ago was this? Um, August of 2005, so a little over 14 years. Okay. Um, and how many years have you been a nurse at that point? At that point, I've been a nurse probably close to three years. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it didn't take me long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, so what was the industry like back in 2005? Was it easy to set up a, a staffing agency or what, what were kind of the hurdles there? I will say that um, it was challenging in 2005. One of the things about setting up a healthcare staffing agency is always timing. Now, a lot of the things that I know now and when I'm working with entrepreneurs on setting up staffing agencies, we do take advantage of certain seasons and windows of time because it just makes sense to come into the market at those times. But back then, it was just kind of an accident, right? Um, and so when I got fired, that was in August. By October, we were up and running. And by November, we were profitable. In fact, I had already made what I would have made working two nursing jobs the entire year. So um, I like to tell people that I started the harder way because there wasn't the technology that we have now. Um, and so just some of the platforms and some of the things and resources that I've learned were not available. And so uh, when I compare the entrepreneurs that are starting now um, versus when I started 14, 15 years ago, 
Um, I would say that now it is becoming a lot easier, but I, I also will say that I see a lot of firms get into it. Um, however, they, they don't necessarily sustain it because um, there's a few breakdowns. Infrastructure is the most important thing when building a healthcare staffing firm, and it's really not something you can take shortcuts with. And so um, I don't know if I'd say easy or hard. I just say that it has to be set up correctly. And now I think there's so much technology to support someone who would want to get into the healthcare staffing that wasn't available. I mean, in 2005, we were still faxing everything. And so <laughs> we're still faxing I mean, things now. <laughs> yeah, well, I do too. But it wasn't as uh, what I'm saying is there was a longer window with everything because, I mean, I didn't have a computer when I started. I literally had a calendar and a desk. You know, so obviously that limited my reach um, early on. But with the advancement of technology or maybe me modernizing myself, um, a lot of doors were open, um, have opened uh, continually, you know, as our agency has grown. OK. Um, and I'm just going to say this uh, for the listeners. If you guys have questioners, uh, qu questions, questions, put them in the chat and I will ask them as we go. We don't have to kind of wait till the end. If, if you have burning questions, definitely put them in the chat and I will ask them as we go along. Um, now, you had said you said that you were fired in August and by October this was up and running. I mean, that's just um, that's incredible for anything. <laughs> Can you break down like what kind of happened between the moment you got fired and when the business actually started? Okay. So the day I got fired, I realized um, that there's only two weeks until I'm supposed to be paid again, meaning mm -hmm. that my bills were still coming in two weeks. And so I realized at that time, I didn't have a savings account. I didn't have a knight in shining armor. I mean, it was just me. And so I had to get really serious and really intentional. So I kind of pulled together my nursing expertise, what I had learned, um, and started writing out my vision for the company. Um, and then I started doing what most entrepreneurs do. I started going and sharing my vision with so many people, you know, that I thought, right, were in places uh, to help and support. And, you know, in hindsight, it's great that I had those experiences, but many of those doors closed, meaning I would go to organizations, share my mission and my vision. And all I wanted was, you know, someone to believe in me. And uh, unfortunately, people require you to have a track record <laughs> before, you know, they want to make that commitment and take that leap with you. So it's actually the best thing that ever happened. I really had to uh, get a lot of wisdom and be really creative in terms of how I would structure my agency. So early on, a lot of the work I actually did myself um, in terms of building and uh, managing and uh, office staff. Like now people come in and they see this, you know, full team. However, back then I pretty much was the CEO, director of operations, scheduler, um, customer liaison. And I was a janitor at the same time, you know, um, but it gave me wonderful insight. And so when I went on to begin to develop and bring people in, I knew exactly how to train them as to what I wanted to happen within the organization. So a lot of those early months, I mean, I, there literally was probably a six to seven week um, turnaround that was just studying everything that was available on the market um, so that I could learn as much as I could. Because at the same time, I'm learning about staffing, but I also was a nurse. And so I didn't have any formal business education or training. So I'm cramming all of this into seven weeks um, so that I could um, effectively open and, you know, have a, the uh, create the the outcome, the anticipated outcome, you know, the outcome that I wanted. And so, yeah, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I was going to say like so. I, it really it's blowing my mind. <laughs> There's that three months. That's incredible. Um, so were you? Um, how did you get like that first contract? And and what was that contract? Was it? Uh, you were contracting your services or did you have like a group of nurses that already lined up? Yeah. So the first contract, well, I'm going to be really transparent because I was very naive. Okay. I thought all of my friends are going to come work for me. And so I didn't really <laughs> like start, yeah, I didn't really start uh, marketing when I should have, to be honest with you. Um, so I just thought, okay, they're going to love this. They're going to come work. And, um, that didn't happen, but I, I initially beat the pavement and I began talking to everyone that I knew. Um, I had established some great relationships with facilities that I had worked at. I had done a lot of work in my area, contract work as well. And so I just began reaching out to those people and those key individuals and sharing with them, um, not so much, um, I guess, about my the vision itself, but about my concerns as it related to staffing and the solution that I wanted to bring to the marketplace. So I began having, I guess, kind of those conversations to pique their interest. And then lo and behold, uh, someone that I worked for previously called just uh, kind of straight off the cuff one day and said, hey, Nicole, um, I have this contract signed. I need a nurse tonight. Can you help me with that? And that was the beginning of um, since that time, you know, that's kind of been the story. Um, when she sent the contract in, I honestly was frightened, Katie, because I knew that I wanted to do this, right? But then it all of a sudden it was a reality and it's like, wait a minute, this is becoming real fast. And so I ended up working um, those initial shifts. I did at, tell the facility, um, you know, something, some nice polished story like, yeah, well, I want to come in and do an assessment and kind of work some of the shifts myself. Um, you know, just so I can let the nurses know and effectively communicate the needs at your facility, which really meant I don't have anyone else. But <laughs> <laughs> I desperately need this money coming in, so give it to me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so I did that work for um, a couple of weeks. My sister's a nurse. She ended up feeling sorry for me working some of the shifts. And then we began marketing. And honestly, I will say this, and this is one of the things, if anyone is interested in starting a healthcare staffing firm, I see a lot of information out there, and this is one of the things that I teach. You can build a healthcare staffing firm organically. I see a lot of um, information which really conflicts with the things that I share because our firm began to organically grow, meaning if nurses feel appreciated. We're nurses, so we know what nurses want. We also know what facilities want. And so we create an environment that made them feel like they were a part because essentially they were. They were an external arm of our company. And so I just believe when you do a good job, people tell other people. And so after a few months, we realized that we had an entire staff that was built from nurses talking about the work that we were doing and the mission that we um, had in, that we were bringing to the community. Okay, so when you were looking around at the competition and you had this experience from working in your, your nine to five job that the quality just kind of wasn't there. So you differentiated on building quality into healthcare staffing. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. And what type of quality, like what were some of the quality issues that you saw that you felt like you needed to address? Well, I, I think first I want to state that the, the quality issues were across the board. So I can't specifically say it was agency or it was in-house staff because there were some nurses that I, we probably worked with on a day-to-day -day basis that, you know, weren't at the level that they should have been. However, I just saw, um, I can remember one particular agency 
Um, and we were calling just to share an experience that we had. And it was just kind of like you, you didn't see the compassion. You didn't see the, the care. The, the end of all staffing is still about the patients and the residents. And so I heard them talking and I heard what they were saying, but I heard for them it was a business. And it is a business. However, um, that was the first time that I realized that they were not healthcare professionals. And a light bulb kind of went off in my head that, that um, while I've seen people do it successfully, I just thought, you know, wouldn't it make sense for us to make a contribution in the industries that we serve and also to, to profit from that, you know, have authentic ownership. And then we also understand because we're so much closer. So some of those issues that existed, um, Katie, to answer your question, were nurses that came in and separated themselves as not being on the same team. I'm contract, I'm agency, I'm here for eight hours, I'm here for 12 hours, and I'm going. But the reality is eight, 12, or 16, we are we should still be working together as a team to, to duly serve um, the patient or the resident the same way that we would want our loved ones or ourselves taken care of. So I think the biggest issue that I saw was it was it didn't feel like a team. And I'm pretty sure that some of our nurses made it feel made them feel like they weren't a part of the team as well. So I, I don't want to um, single out any one specific um, any one specific discipline, any one agency or, or in-house. But I do realize that when people come into the building, there's already a deficit. So the last thing we need is to look for the agency nurse or, you know, where does she go? Is she here or has someone who doesn't have the experience that our facility requires? And so when I learned more and did investigating and saw that, hey, a lot of these agencies are not even run by healthcare professionals, then I realized where the disconnect was because it's difficult for them to understand some of the things that we need as inside of the facilities to effectively take care of our patients and residents. Right. Because and especially non-nurse people, you know, not just to kind of like generalize, but they, they tend to have this idea that a nurse is a nurse. And if you're a nurse, well, you can be on the OB floor, you can be in UNCO, you can be in all these different areas. And it's just I mean, it, it's crazy. Um, so if you're just joining us, I'm here with uh, Nicole Callier from Quality Medical Staffing, and she is talking about um, how to start a healthcare staffing firm. If you do have questions, you can put them in the chat box. And we do have one question so far. It says, uh, she currently owns a trade school. I've been a nurse for 15 years. The question is having to pay staff while waiting for payments. That is a big <laughs> a big deal. Do I pay staff, then wait to be paid? How to set up payroll without using my money to pay staff? Uh, there's a good question for you. <laughs> yeah, so it all depends on infrastructure. And this goes back to what I said earlier. So um, this year we have built, probably worked with about almost 100. I'm very excited to say that because 99% of those are healthcare professionals, nurses who've been in the industry and we've helped them to set up their healthcare staffing firms. But one of the things that we're very intentional about is not making cookie cutter solutions because everyone has a different situation. And so there are ways to do it, whether it's strategic partnership, uh, whether it's the terms that we put into the agreement to effectively um, make sure that those payments, because it is a very, um, it's a cash intensive, if you will, business, because you're constantly paying. I mean, if you have nurses working, then you're constantly, uh, you know, doing payroll and, and all of that. And so one of the things I would say is it's not so much about the payments, it's the way that you set it up, the infrastructure to make sure that your payments and what you have going out and what you have coming in are aligning. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. So, but I, you know, to kind of get to the heart of that question, like how much money do you need before you kind of get started? Because clearly you're going to have to pay before you get paid. Right. Um, again, not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. That's infrastructure. So that's what I, I have uh, mentees and I'll just share. Like I started with my last paycheck, which some people think is fabulous and it wasn't a full paycheck. I mean, we're talking about six, 700 bucks. <laughs> and so, but I worked a lot of the shifts. And so when I worked those shifts, I reinvested that money, obviously, into my business so that I could have a payroll. OK, but that was 15 years ago. I don't do that anymore. And I don't teach my students to do that anymore. I teach them to work on their business, not in their business. So when we say structure, there is more than one avenue and a way to create this different systems and uh, ways to set it up. But depending on their specific needs, obviously, if you have access to um, a volume of, I heard someone tell someone the other day they needed like $200,000 to start a healthcare staffing firm. And I was livid. I was like, no one will do it if you need $200,000. But if you have $200,000, that's what you're going to start with. And that's the knowledge base that you have. So I do teach them how to really be strategic about where they have. And sometimes we may have to look at partnerships. We may have to look at outside entities. We may have to look at um, certain models to be able to help them. So I'm not, I want to say that I'm not intimidated by what someone has for their payroll, but when you say what you have, then we're going to work on a fresh uh, infrastructure to support that. Did that help? Yeah, no, it definitely helps. Yeah. And and when you hear numbers like that, like, oh, you have to have $250,000 to, to start a home care business and stuff. And you're like, oh, well, forget that. Like, yeah. and it just drives people away. And, yeah. you know, it kind of, you know, it kind of feels like the healthcare staffing industry to me. It feels like a really incredibly competitive space. Um, so, how do you help uh, the people that you work with get into this space and not be just overwhelmed with all the competition? Um, honestly, I don't say it's as I don't think it's as competitive as people think. Okay. Right? I don't. I mean, we live in the United States. There are ninety percent of healthcare organizations use some form of supplemental staffing throughout the year. I think what is the greatest advantage to each individual firm is differentiating themselves on the market. So we're not known for quantity. Like, well, now we probably are, but that was never our mission. Okay. Our mission was we want to be known for quality where it's not about how many people we can send out, but the quality of professionals that we send out. So our focus has always been targeting very high level, top level entrepreneurs I'm sorry, um, nurses who understand and want to uh, support the facilities and also are loyal and work with our company for you know a long term. And that obviously is going to produce a different result in the market when they go into the facilities and it actually grabs their attention. And so when I'm working with people or what I would say to anyone considering is you have to find what your distinct, unique advantage will be in your area. Um, I don't think it's as competitive as other people think. I think when where the issue comes in is when someone comes to the market and they don't know where they fit in the market and they can't effectively communicate that. And then you look like every other agency. And so you just kind of fall into the phase, into the background, if that makes sense. Um, I find that the facilities are very receptive. Um, we've had some great uh, testimonials from the nurses that we've worked with this year. And I do think that facilities are starting to realize 
um, that, hey, there's there's a difference when you're working with someone who has been very close to the problem and wants to be close to the solution. And a lot of them are taking them up on hey, letting them be their agency of choice for their facility. Okay. Yeah. I actually have two questions off of this one. I want to stick with the niche for a second and like, what are maybe some other niches that would be interesting to get into as, as a healthcare staffing agency, you know, aside from, you know, it looks like you're dominating the quality aspect. Um, what else would people come in and try and navigate? Okay. So you said niche and I think that's important as well. So I'm talking about healthcare staffing, for 15 years, our primary area has been quality nurses, meaning registered nurses, licensed nurses, um, and CNAs as well. There are individuals who come in and think that they have to be limited to nursing, and they don't. So distinguishing yourself, the more niche you are in this industry, the better you will do. So you can get into infusion staffing. Right now, that's huge, and we have nurses who are doing that, and they're doing wonderful, just sticking to the infusion space. There's nurses who are coming in and saying, listen, all I want to do is ER, uh, critical care, like high acuity areas. So they aren't building a firm to answer the needs of every facility out there. They're specifically targeting certain areas, dialysis um, centers. centers. Um, so I would say that's another thing. If you don't want to look like everyone else, there's a huge misconception to go broad. I don't teach that. I say go as narrow as possible let your clients know this is exactly what I do. And that is um, a dual advantage because it also affects your budget um, in terms of when you get out there and you actually start marketing and recruiting and studying geography. If you have, if you're more streamlined, then your dollars will go further than if you're trying to do every end of the spectrum. There are people that call us all the time and have for therapists, um, for various positions, and we just have not committed to that because we were heavily invested in the nursing aspect. But there are other agencies that focus strictly on therapy. So there's a huge opportunity if you get into this healthcare staffing and even just differing in your offerings and not going broad, actually going more niche. A lot of times the customers can see their solution in your agency a lot faster than if you're a jack of all trades and master of none. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I had never really thought of it until you just said that. That's a that's such a great idea to do to distinct down into a niche like dialysis center. Or, you know, that just makes so much sense. I think it's so obvious now. Um, you know, that, that's such a great tip that you just gave. Um, and I can also see how one, it would make your marketing so much easier, um, and even getting into facilities because that's the question that a lot of nurses have is like, well, how am I going to get these contracts? And yeah, it's much easier to contract with an, uh, a staffing agency that just does dialysis uh, versus trying to get a contract for a broad staffing agency. And they already have contracts with like 10 other places. Um, so how did you initially get into facilities and how do you kind of recommend uh, nurses to get their staffing agencies in? Developing relationships. I tell everyone that this is a people business. And so you have to be able to effectively communicate and talk with people. And so, uh, in fact, I said this yesterday in a training, it's people on all sides. We essentially, Katie, have three customers. We have our internal staff, right, that we have to develop relationships with and get them invested in the mission of the company. We have our clients that we have potential clients that we have to develop relationships with, assess their needs, go into the community and serve them. 
And we also have our nurses who are clients as well because we have to be a solution for the types of assignments and things that they're interested in. And so I would say, and I said this, this I know it's probably going to sound really simple and very cliche, but if you master the people side of this and you have the right infrastructure, you'll do really well in this industry. At the heart of this, I love people. And so that has been, <laughs> that has been honestly, um, that's been the greatest advantage that I'm not afraid to have conversations with people and also listen to what they need, not just throw something at them, but really being intentional about listening to their objectives, their staffing objectives, and not just trying to throw people in front of them, but really trying to present our company as a solution um, that answers their specific needs. And even at times, Katie, being honest and transparent enough and authentic enough to say that I don't think we are the best solution, we may not be a fit for each other. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that can't be emphasized enough that everything in business really does come down to the relationships that you have and that you're able to create uh, with other people. So that that's amazing. Um, so you still think that there's a, a big, massive open opportunity for nurses or other I keep saying non-nurses. I don't mean to generalize that, but but nurses in healthcare staffing. Um, what does this industry look like, and and um, how much room do you think there is? I think that there's a ton of room, and I'll be honest with you. Every time a firm goes up, another one comes down. And so, when we consider the baby boomer population, we consider the growth um, in the healthcare space, the healthcare sector, the new organizations that are opening and developing. A lot of people are walking around saying, you know, oh, God, it's just there's too many. But it's like, no, we just launched uh, um, nearly 100 firms. And I promise you, it hasn't made a dent in the market. Right. Everyone's in a certain geography. Everyone's in a certain niche. And so I think that it's going to continue, especially as nurses are also looking for um, solutions for themselves. They want to control their time their income and have that freedom piece as well. And so we have nurses that are now saying, I would rather work agency and contract. And we have facilities for various reasons that are attracted to having nurses come in to supplement their staff for whatever reason. And so I think um, I was looking at something that the American Staffing Association put out um, a couple of weeks ago, and it was just talking about the growth. And this is one of the, this is the second largest uh, growth that will, the second largest growth in staffing will take place in healthcare between now and 2024. And so the industry isn't going anywhere. Okay. And somebody just wrote in, and this was actually the question I wanted to ask too, is what would cause an agency to go down? Like what, what would cause something them to fail? Um, there are many things, but I'll just tell this story. Okay. Um, so in 2005, we had done really, really well, 2005, 2006, 2007. By 2007, I made six figures. I mean, well over half a million dollars and had done really, really good. I was focusing on my local geography. At that time, we were, our home office was in Louisiana. I had not considered that a lot of our um, residents and patients that came from the New Orleans area. And so by this time, you know, right after Hurricane Kane's and Katrina, our business was booming and there was this huge volume and we catered to the needs of our local community. Well, when everyone went back in 2007, a lot of the facilities became fully staffed. Of course, the population in our geography changed significantly. It seemed like almost overnight. And as a result, some of those assignments were not there. Um, that impacted our business so much so that we lost all of our clients over a six to nine month period. 
So here it is again, right? That I'm back to square one, zero. No clients, no revenue coming in at all, but I still have this business. And so I'm sharing that because the principle that I learned from that was about the importance of working on the business and not in the business. I had spent the first two years working in the business and had not taken the time to continue to develop relationships because at that time, myself and one other employee were so focused on making sure the facilities were taken care of. And so the reason that an agency would go down is exactly for that reason, that an owner is working in and not on. Those are two different things. Another reason I, I, I share um, is that I also did not get new information. So when I started this, I was a nurse. I didn't understand the importance of self-development, of mentorship, of guidance. And so all of the knowledge that I had up until that point had come from nursing or just, hey, let's try it and see if it works, <laughs> right? And so um, thankfully it did work, but that was a red flag to me that I needed new information. I needed insight. I needed guidance. I needed training because the nursing paradigm could only bring me so far. And so I began working on the other side of that and developing the entrepreneurial dexterity to bring my company to the place it is now, which is a national company. Okay. And, you know, from the national perspective, are there certain cities that are better to start a staffing agency in first and kind of grow or does it not matter? Um, it definitely does matter, but I can't say there's one city over another. I say that it matters in the sense I have people all the time who tell me, Nicole, I live in a horrible market. There's no business here. In fact, I was on a call with a lady and I said, well, where do you live? And she told me, and, and she named the city and state, and I said, I've made a billion dollars in your state and I've never been there in her exact in her exact city. So what I asked her was, how could an agency from out of town come in, provide quality uh, staff to these facilities, and you're in your you're in their backyard um, and you don't have relationships with them? And so what the point I was trying to make is that there is a market everywhere, but you have to know how to operate in the market. Yeah, that, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. She was probably like, hmm. <laughs> well, she actually hung up after I said oh. <laughs> <laughs> She wasn't serious. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, does a healthcare facility contract with multiple agencies? Yes, they do. Um, a lot of agencies frown upon that. I don't. Again, at the, at the end of it, I want to make sure that patients and residents are taken care of. And so I try to get agency owners to have a different perspective, meaning you do not want that heavy burden right now. I want to be primary. Obviously, I'm, I'm competitive. I want to be the first one called. But I also want to make sure that if in the instance that we've used every effort to supply a quality nurse and we can't, that the facility has an alternative so that they can have that coverage and that person can be taken care of. And so, yes, facilities do contract with multiple agencies. We actually encourage it. Um, and it, it just makes sense if the um, objective is to make sure that these residents and staff, um, residents and patients are actually taken care of. Yeah, that would be tough if uh, you get an exclusive contract and then you can't fulfill on it. That would be, uh, yeah, that would be terrible. Right. Um, okay, so that, then it's not about knocking off another exclusive contract, because I think that would be very difficult if a hospital has an exclusive contract with somebody. If you to for you to come in and displace them would be a very different scenario as opposed to let me come in and supplement and eventually take over as primary on this contract. So it's not as big of a deal to be a, a multiple 
agency uh, type of contract. Right. Okay. And, yeah. And let me just say this too. Um, so we go into facilities and a lot of times we'll, we'll go in and ask the, you know, we just want a, an opportunity to serve the facility and we'll, we'll go in and be one of five. Okay. And a lot of times we slowly move to the front. And the reason is because there's a, a difference when you're working with certain agencies. And I've had mentees contact me and say, Nicole, exactly what you said would happen, happen. So the intent is never to knock off another agency. But what happens is a lot of times when you're coming into the market and you're not in a national, um, not servicing a national territory, you can be more invested with those facilities. And so they're going to notice a difference. So what I'm saying is there may be one facility who's been there for five years and they may have, you know, 200 agreements throughout the country. And so they're running. It's, it's more of an established business. And, you know, they're filling the shift. But sometimes that smaller agency that comes in as the, um, I guess, in the background um, has actually does have an advantage to create more intimacy in that relationship and actually understand and develop the relationship a little more than that national company. And so what I'm seeing is these facilities do want people with it's an advantage. They want the hands on relationships. They want to be able to put their eyes on you. They love when you're actually invested. They love when you show up, you know to see how things are going and to connect with them. And so I am seeing a lot of mentees come back and say, oh, all of a sudden, like, first of all, they're nervous about it when they tell me because they're like, Miss Nicole, they're telling me that I'm going to be number one now. <laughs> and I'm going, that's good. This is what we want, right? So um, no, it's not about knocking someone off, but if you do a great job, it, you just constantly get moved up and that's a great place to be in. But we do work with other agencies and, you know, especially those who have the same mission as us. Right. And so is it is it hard to get that first contract? Do they want to see some kind of um, track record as opposed to your 200th contract? Um, is it just harder to get started that way or what do you think? It really depends. It really depends. Obviously, there's a certain level of comfort when someone's done something for a long time versus going in as a brand new agency. However, um, again, this goes back to mission and getting to know your potential clients and making those investments and developing those relationships because facilities are where I mean, if you have nurses, right, and you can share and communicate that, then you know, at the heart of it, a lot of times they're just like, I need someone in here. And, you know, so they will give you a chance. Um, we started working with someone in September. Well, I think she wrapped in September. She has 10 contracts now. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I mean, we're what we're in November. And so that's just a few months and she's done extremely well. But the difference with her is she's got on planes and went in to just meet with people directly. She's been invested into the facilities that she has. And so it's not surprising because now she is building that track record. So it's becoming a lot easier for her. Um, she got her first contract, I think, within four weeks of completing the program. And after that, she accelerated. Okay. Yeah, I want to get to your program. Um, let's see. I have one more. Do you go into all types of facilities or do you stay in a certain area, trauma, hospitals, rural, IHS, et cetera? Yeah. So... Uh, we do a variety of things now, but what I recommend for people, again, this goes back to your niche. I recommend niching in both aspects, meaning certain facilities and certain disciplines, okay? And this is how, again, you begin to, you master what you're doing. 
So there are people who contact me and say, I just want to do CNAs. I have some agencies that are running that way. And they're like, okay, I'm like, okay, well, you need to be in long-term care facilities because that's where the greatest need, need is for CNAs or either skilled, uh, like skilled hospitals. If we talk, because there is a business component to this as well. Um, and so when we're talking about how to make the business profitable, because ultimately it has to be profitable to be sustained. So um, we go through the whole passion piece and then I bring them back to reality and say, you know, that's great that you're passionate, but we have to be making money too. So let's figure out what the shortest cycle would be to make your business profitable so you can continue your passion for this and, and be compensated and create opportunities. So when we talk about niche, we do look at certain types of facilities are easier to get into. But I do say you have to know what discipline goes with what facilities. So if you're going to do dialysis, then, of course, obviously, it's going to be all people who are uh, involved in the dialysis process. If you're going to do correctional facilities, it's going to be uh, mostly LPNs in the correctional facilities in most states. Um, if you're going to do ER, then that, you know, a certain credential. So there are really there's really more than one aspect of niching to this. If you will, you'll be identifying specifically what types of facilities and then also specifically what types of professionals that you want to send in. Okay, now do, does your company or do you train people to uh, train the nurses in specific areas or do you curate the nurses based on what you're looking for? Um, we basically curate the nurses based on what we're looking for. Okay, and you said earlier on, you know, you know, the first time that somebody paid you, you were a little bit nervous and I can absolutely appreciate that, <laughs> uh, that feeling. Cause I've had to say, Oh my God, they're going to pay me. Like, <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Um, <laughs> it's a weird, totally weird feeling. But um, having said that, what is kind of the time frame from w the moment that somebody gets started to the time that they start getting paid or get that contract? Like what, what could that look like? Is this, is it like, do you have to take people through like a six month training program or is this something that, you know, you kind of hit the ground running? Okay. I'm sorry. Do you mind restating the question? Uh, the question is what is the time frame to get started? So let's say I want to get started uh, with a healthcare staffing firm and I have no experience and uh, no knowledge of staffing. Like what is the time frame for me to, I guess, get paid like just kind of a generalized idea. Okay, so that really varies. I'll be honest with you. I was profitable in my first three months. Now, here's the, the thing. I didn't know anything. I was just figuring out as I went. And so a lot of times when I'm working with people, I'm telling them that, you know, I'm expecting you to be profitable in a month or two months. And they think, Nicole, that's crazy. But I'm thinking, you know, now you're coming in with, I've put 40,000 hours, 14 years into learning this industry. So your ceiling right now, your floor is my ceiling. And so with the, the structure and all the things that we use, I always say uh, six to eight weeks, you could be profitable. OK, it may happen before then, then and it may take longer. It's going to obviously depend. It's not magic. The, the work that you put in um, your area, what niche you select, there's a lot of factors. If someone's telling me they're going strictly into hospitals, certain hospitals, I know that that's the longer cycle. And so that means you're going to have to wait a little bit longer to be profitable, even the, the process of getting agreements is longer. And so I just know that, hey, that's going to be longer just because of um, the trend and, you know, different processes, legal and things like that. And so 
So I don't like to sell people a dream, if you will, but I've seen people, the individuals become profitable in just a couple of weeks. My own story, I've made enough to more than I would have made working my two nursing jobs in the first three months. Um, when I had to reel the company in seven, uh, 2007, it took me nine months to do it. And we emerged on the scene as a multi-million dollar company after that and on, on the national platform. And so, you know, there's a lot of variables, but the good thing about this is if you have people going out and you have revenue going out, you should have profit coming in because this is driven by the volume of individuals that you place for the facilities that you're servicing. Um, our particular program is designed to take someone through um, actually learning about the industry. Again, I specifically work with nurses. Occasionally, I'll let someone really passionate that's close, like, <laughs> but but not normally. Okay, I think I've only trained two non-nurses this year, but they were already in administrative positions in facilities. Um, and so they wanted to make a difference on this side of things as well. Um, so working with someone who already knows, okay, what a registered nurse is, what a licensed nurse, what a CNA is, and knows the difference between uh, certain um, aspects of the facilities, that kind of speeds things up already because there's a foreknowledge, I guess, or some sort of knowledge base about um, the healthcare industry. But bringing them from through the curriculum, which consists of probably four components, um, is normally about six weeks through the curriculum. And then we, we say another two weeks that we're working with them to help them get their first contract. So ideally, um, it's an eight-week process from learning to launch. Oh, I, oh, I like that. Learning to launch. It's a good yes. marketing term. Okay. <laughs> so how comprehensive is the contract when going into a facility? Are you providing the contract to, um, or is the facility? No, I'm providing the contract. Okay. Yeah. Some facilities do weird things. They'll try to send you a contract. I've never signed a facility contract in 14 years. It's like, no, this is backwards. Um, but, you know, a lot of facilities are, are they do uh, may have something that they want you to sign. So it would just be a matter of reviewing and making sure that it's not a conflict. If you decide want to sign. I do want to state this, too, because I always get people who ask me about BMSs, which are vendor management systems. And they think, OK, I'm going to come in. And I'm going to have to get with the vendor management system and there's going to be this shared revenue. And they're intimidated because they think they can't get a contract because there are these large. I have not used the vendor management system in 15 years. Every contract that we have belongs to our agency. So I say that just to be of encouragement, because sometimes people talk themselves out of doing it without because they don't have the right information. Uh, most of my mentees as well, I encourage them to obtain direct facility contracts because obviously you're doing the work and we don't necessarily want to share the profit. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I would just say that there's no way I would have been as brave as you to do this without a mentor because like there just seems like there's so many moving pieces and um, you, ha I mean, with your 14 years, your 40,000 hours worth of staffing, like you just seem like the perfect mentor. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank um, you. So let's see. We have one more question, and then I want to talk about your program. Um, what is a niche with a shorter cycle, or or are there niches with shorter cycles? There are a few with shorter cycles, but this is going to be. I don't want to like get too. I don't want to turn into a staffing geek because I, you know, I really can't. But it's also going to depend on geography. So I don't want to just say something randomly because there are different cultures. The way that I get a contract in New York is totally different than the way I get a contract in Louisiana or Atlanta. And so 
I know that's going to throw people off, but there are different things that happen in different areas. There are some places that I go into and I get a contract before I walk out the door. And then there's someone that I have a great meeting with, you know, fly in or something. And I get the contract nine months later, you know, <laughs> they read the same contract. And so there are also different climates and different um, cultures, if you will. And it's also going to depend on the facilities. If a facility has a great need, they're more inclined to push that through. Okay, so this is where we talk about targeting. We're targeting and working with uh, clients that have needs that exist right now, um, not clients that necessarily may have a need or you know are just looking for information. And so that's going to shorten the cycle as well, knowing exactly how to target and how to position yourself to go to the clients that have an active need right now. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So it might not be the hospital down the street from you, but you yeah. know, doing that research and knowing who needs what. Um, all right. So now you also teach uh, nurses how to set up their own healthcare staffing firm and you have, uh, is it a mastermind or is it a program? What is it that you offer? It's actually a six week training program. Um, it's called uh, launch your healthcare staffing firm in 2019. Um, I am actually on the tail end of that program now because we launched it earlier this year. We launched uh, close to a hundred firms. Um, our commitment this year was to help um, launch a, a hundred healthcare staffing firms. Um, again, one of the things that I saw um, that really kind of inspired me to do this was watching healthcare staffing firms close and realizing that you know it's just information. It's missing information could have been the difference with their firm um, being open. And so I started, you know, people started asking me like, Nicole, what are you doing? And I just thought everybody knows this. Everybody does this, you know. <laughs> And uh, someone approached me and asked me to start teaching. And initially I declined. And then all of a sudden people started showing up and saying, will you teach me? And so I started doing that. And then I realized that it's still me getting to be a part of the solution because I get to make an investment in uh, the my colleagues that will be in this industry um, who you know may share in my mission to make sure that it's not just about quantity, that we are producing quality. We are a sending quality nurses in, and we do have a dual interest with the, the facilities. And so I developed the uh, curriculum, kind of hand-carved it to help people kind of navigate the industry and not just have an agency, but also create sustainability. You don't get to 14 years in this industry by accident. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And so um, it's a six-week program. We work together, um, and I take them through every stage from developing their agency all the way to obtaining their first contract. So they walk away fully armed with everything they would need to know to get their first contract and begin operating their healthcare staffing firm. Okay. And is there kind of like a base amount of um, startup costs that they should anticipate? Like you clearly don't need $200,000 to start a staffing firm, um, but is there some like expectation of a, a, an amount of money that would be helpful to have? Well, obviously, if you have money set aside, I I like to tell stories. So I have a student and she's like so excited because she was telling me how much money she had in the bank. She's one of my VIP clients. And I was like, but we're not spending your money. And she said, oh, but I have to do this. And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. So the, it's the information. So I want that, that money to be a resource for you as your agency opens. And there's other places we can allocate it. So there are some things that we did strategically to structure her agency so she doesn't have to go into what she had saved. So I'm not saying that you don't need money. You obviously need 
it makes sense if you have it, but I'm not necessarily intimidated by anyone's budget, a couple thousand dollars, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars, because there's a ton of resources available that people just don't know about that can help you with your mission. And so that's why I didn't um, initially someone asked me, just make it something that we can download a, a DIY course. And I'm like, you can't do this on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I agree. I agree. Oh my gosh. I would, I always turn to any nurse that comes to me and wants to start a healthcare staffing firm. I'm like, I'm not your gal. <laughs> so I'm going to push them to you. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. Because <laughs> I think there's, uh, you know, you definitely want somebody that's in the industry who knows the ins and outs and, and can really help you navigate because it's so important. Um, you don't want to get lost in this industry uh, for yeah. sure. So yeah. does your program, is it going to open up again uh, in 2020 or soon or is it rolling admissions? How does it work? Um, actually, I think November the, what's our, I'm sorry, what is our last day for the, okay. So we're still accepting students right now. Our last day to register for this year is November the 25th. Um, I'm not sure how many spaces we have available. Um, there may be seven or eight. Um, again, I'm not going for quantity, I'm quality. I'm looking to work with <laughs> highly motivated professionals who are really uh, um, determined and really want to contribute to this area, but also want to uh, generate revenue as well. I love passion, but I love profit as well. And so in order to keep the passion going, we have to have the profit. So I need people that are not scared of money and that are not scared to get in there and do what needs to be done. And how would uh, somebody register for this or, or find out more? Okay, so we have a, our website, which is robinsonsuccess.com. Um, on the website, there's a lot of information, details about the program, and there's also an application if someone would like to be considered for our upcoming training. Um, and yeah, so our contact info is on there as well as they have, if they have additional questions. Okay, so the application form, and I, I totally appreciate the, the quality over quantity because I, you know, I'm the same way. I just, I want to work with a smaller group of, of nurses because that, that large quantity, I, I don't think it does anybody any favors, you know, just starting right. a small group, really dig in deep with them, see their success, move them forward. And right. um, so I think that's great that you're doing that. Okay, so robinsonsuccess.com, um, you can uh, go up there to get an application to register because they're only going to take top quality nurses that are ready to invest and go. You need to register before November 25th and it is a six week program that's going to take you um, from, um, what did you say that was so great? Launch, launch to, oh my gosh, I want that phrase. I wrote it down. Um, anyway, the, to launch your healthcare firm and, um, yeah, please do it with somebody. Don't do this alone. But, you know, call Nicole, pick her brain and figure out what it is that, that you can do so you can start your healthcare agency. Uh, let's see. Thanks for sharing this information. Do you have any uh, final words as we kind of wrap up? No, I just really want to thank you for allowing me to share on the platform. And for the nurses that are listening, um, I just want to kind of stress that it can be done. This is not a big, scary and hairy as most people um, think it is, um, but it is a matter of having the right information, um, the right strategy. And our system has been tried, tested and proven. And so uh, I would love to embark upon this journey with them. Yeah, and somebody just wrote, learn to launch, learning to launch. That's what I was looking for. I'm totally going to steal that. I hope that's not I'm going to steal it, too. <laughs> you said it. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. Um, all right, Nicole, thank you so much for this. This is going to go out uh, on social media. It'll be on YouTube next week and it'll be on our uh, Facebook and, and all kinds of stuff because this message, it needs to get out. Um, I, I know you'll find tons of, of high quality nurses in our group uh, that are that are very interested in this. And uh, you know, I can't, after talking to you, recommend you highly enough. That's, that's really what you're doing is amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.